Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Okay, so let's um, let's 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 pray. Let's get into the Word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive and to get our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word in Jesus' mighty name. Did I get a good amen? amen. Alright, so we continue with our series on why believers or why people do not receive their financial harvest. And we talked about, the first one we talked about is the fact that people give out of obligation and a sense of duty, not faith. People give out of obligation and a sense of duty, not faith. Let me tell you something. Even when you're giving to your parents, you're not just doing it out of obligation. You have the word of God for it. To honor your father and your mother Right, so that it might be well with you and your days might be long. That's that's where to base your faith. You're not just doing it, oh, I'm helping my father because he's my father. You've got the word of God for it, so you can put your faith there. You're not doing it transactionally, but there is scripture for it, so you can actually bless your parents out of faith. Then, we said expecting financial harvest without creating a system of receiving. Do you have a system of receiving? Okay, number three, we said observing the clouds, economic indices, geographical limitations, and locations. Sometimes we talk ourselves out of harvest. We talk ourselves out of harvest. I know there are people who believe that if they send them out of this country now, they would prosper. How many of you know someone like that? I know you're going to raise your hand, but you might likely be the one. You know, some people just believe that, see, just take me. Just drop me in UK. My life is. (laughs) Those who have traveled before will tell you. Praise the name of the Lord. Those who have traveled before will tell you that it's not like you think. And you say, I know, but let's go. Let's all go there. And you know, it's not like you think. You see, once you have that mindset, nothing here would really work for you. That's the truth. Nothing here would work for you. You see, your life cannot receive more than you believe. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you still here? So, nothing, so you've got to. Some people believe, oh, it's Bonnie Island. Oh, it, you know, people have all those limiting beliefs. And you've got to deal with them. Observing the clouds. Observing the clouds. So you've got to deal with it. Number four, we said not seeking and putting God first. When you become a child of God, you've changed kingdoms. You need, to put the, you need to put God first. You need to put God first. And that's very important. You need to put God first. Number five, being wasteful in resources. Being wasteful in resources. And, we've, we've, and I told you, even when you have children... Sometimes what you call enjoyment, what you call I don't want my children to suffer, is just being wasteful. Just being wasteful in resources. How much have you earned in the last one year? What did you do with it? Hmm? Sometimes we don't see waste as waste. 
Some of us have little addictions, right? When you mention addiction, what comes to your mind is drugs and all those crazy addictions. Hmm? Some of us have addictions to Coca-Cola, Fanta, Suya. The Suya man knows you. Huh? You have even learned Hausa because of constant appearance around his shop. 1,000. Every week, 2,5. Every week, 3,5. Now that fuel has gone up, you've reduced to 800. They don't look like money is going away, but it is. It is. Just wasteful. So, we talked about the African nations that were giving aids and really there's no much to show for it. You see, our nation, Nigeria, is an example of a wasteful nation. We, we, we are wasteful in projects. It shows in our governance. It shows in our lifestyle. Praise God. Very wasteful. Sometimes we blame the government, but when we look at our own lives, our lives are a reflection of wasted resources. Churches can be wasteful. You see, sometimes we feel that the availability of money means it must be spent. It has to be spent. So we talked about being wasteful. Right? And we talked about those who sow sparingly. Those who sow sparingly. So some people are not givers, but they just want to receive. They're not givers. Hmm? Beware of people around your life like that. You know, there are people in your life, you have to tell yourself, it's okay. The one you have collected is enough. Because they're always collecting. Always collecting. Never creating value. Always asking. There are people who are always in problem. Oh, I just have this little problem. And the problem is never big. It's, ne- it's just small. Small problem. But when you put that consistent small problem over the years, that swallowed a lot of income. The taker does not have a budget. The giver must have. You must have a budget. If not, you're going to see as goods increase. Solomon said, says the mouth of those who eat it will increase. So you've got to watch that. It's very important. And if people know that you're not disciplined with finances, especially family, they'll take advantage of that. Because you're going to be very emotional about it. And so you must from onset show that you are disciplined. (laughs) You are disciplined with your finances. I respect family. I I absolutely love family. I think there is a place for family. But I think in this part of the world, we really do not know where to draw the lines. So an interesting story comes up to my mind early days when we got married. She just got married first first few months. Then I saw my two younger sisters. I got three sisters. I saw my two younger sisters just came to our gate with one small bag. So I said, what happened? I said, we came to spend... The weekend or something. So I said, Who said you should come? He said, No, mommy said we should come. Oh, so I said, eh, To where? He said, to, I said, Tell her that I didn't ask for you guys. I didn't open the gate. I didn't open it. I, I didn't open it. Number one, I didn't ask. 
Number two, I just got married. Haven't had a conversation with my wife. We, even, we haven't talked about visiting. Eh, but they are your blood. I just bought another blood. This blood is the real blood. And we might laugh with things like that, but it is in statements like that you put your boundaries. And you know people, I don't know why I'm saying this. I'm sure maybe the Holy Spirit wants to help somebody. You know people put all these foolish things. You have your wife, you have your mother, they both want to capsize. Who will you? Why are you, why are you thinking such evil? Say we want to know. You see, things like that make people more emotional than objective. Every choice, pay attention to me, don't miss this. I believe the Holy Spirit wants me to help someone here tonight. Every choice has consequences. When you have chosen to get married, there is a consequence to that choice. Including financially. Can I tell you the number one statistics for divorce in marriages? It's money issue. Number one in the world. It's money issue. It's money issue. So you've got to learn this. Why I'm saying this is we must learn to know that this money you have is limited in a sense. It's not unlimited. Even though God is your source, God is not going to invest in foolishness. Okay, so it's so spiraling, respiring. Number seven, we said walking in strife. Hmm? Deal with bitterness. Deal with bitterness. Strife. Deal with bitterness and strife. Because you got some people who is just your family sapping everything. Sapping everything. You have one brother somewhere who is not ready to work. And they can always get to you in your emotions. See, God can't trust you with more resources. Because the more resources God gives you, the more you're going to fund that. Have you even asked what people are doing with your money? So, you have someone doesn't want to be established, doesn't want to work hard. Like Pastor Mary will always say, you do all the hard work and they just sit around. Hmm? Supervising and enjoying. It's not good enough. So inspiringly, working in strife. And then I think in the, we stopped on Sunday on where? Making channels your source, not God. So let's continue from them. Jeremiah chapter 17. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jeremiah 17, verse 5. Go back, review these things. Don't joke with them. Don't joke with them. Take them. Implement them in your life. These are some of the tough lessons the Lord had, had to deal with me personally over. Jeremiah 17, verse 5. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength and whose heart turns away from the Lord. See, every time you take your trust into something, your heart is turned away from the Lord. In fact, it was too late for me, but while I was in the office and I was going over my notes, one of the things the Spirit of God illuminated in my heart in this verse was the fact that when we talk about trusting in man, we're not just talking about you have this one person you're trusting. How many of you know big companies in this world who are large companies who had folded up? Right. I wanted to just make a research on that. I'm not teaching this again. 
But maybe in the book I'll put it. How many of you know companies? Hmm? Global companies who used to... Yes, I wanted to make a research on that, but I couldn't because the time was limited. But you, people who worked in those companies never felt in their lifetime those companies would stop operating. I'm not even talking about Nigeria. I'm talking about around the world. So, where you are working right now, that's not where your trust should be. Your trust should be in God. Because as far as it's a natural company, as far as it's built by man, it's open to all kinds of tendencies. Praise the name of the Lord. So, our faith is on God who is our source. Then he says, For he will be like a bush in the desert and will not see when prosperity comes. He will not experience it. But will live in stony waste in the wilderness, a land of salt without inhabitants. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream. And it will not fear when heat comes. He will not fear when things are tough. But its leaves will be green. And says, it will not be anxious in a year of drought, nor cease to yield fruit. Nor cease to yield fruit. It will not be anxious in the year of drought. You will not, you will not have anxiety. When God is your source, you know God has ways to provide for you. And let me tell you, this does not happen once. You've got to learn it meditate on it, think on it, speak it, live it. Praise God. You know, sometimes when I talk about, well, I think I'll talk about that. Let me not go ahead of myself. So let's stay with making um, channels your source. So no channel is your source. Alright? Wives, husbands should look after you, but also trust God. Learn to believe God. Learn to use your faith. Okay? Learn to use your faith. Your job is your channel, not your source. God is your source. So you must learn. And the way I tell people to practice this is always learn to trust God to do things beyond and above what you receive. Use your faith for that. Right? Lord, I'm believing you for this. If this money comes, I'm going to... And the Lord will begin to give you ideas. Why do people not receive their financial harvest or their increase in life? Number nine, lack of improvement in these four areas. In my book, uh, prosperity increase and missing link. I talked about it. Talked about it. Um, let, let me say this about giving, especially where friends, families, and people who are close to you are concerned. There are four levels of giving in the Jewish culture. Uh, the, there are four levels of giving in the Jewish culture. We're not bother you with the Hebrew names. But the very first level of giving in the Hebrew culture was what the Lord told them about giving to the poor. Right? So you give to the poor. Um, there is another level where that was how uh, Boaz gave to Ruth. When you harvest your field, you will leave the corner. You wouldn't, you wouldn't you know, clear out all your harvest. You leave the corner. So when the harvesters have gone, the Poor people would come to that field and will harvest that. That was to enable them to have a sense of work, right? A sense of dignity. So if you read the story of Ruth and Boaz, you realize that Boaz told the reapers to leave some things intentionally for Ruth to pick. Okay? So that is giving to someone 
but you are also encouraging them to work in the process. So for instance, there is a young person, family, friend, wherever I is around you, you can just say, oh, come and wash, wash my car. You know, regularly if somebody washes your car, maybe it's 1,000 or 1,500, but you give them 5,000, obviously, they know that what you give them is more than, Right? Yeah, so, that, so there's a level of giving where you don't even ask them to, you just say take. That's the lowest level. The second level is you give them that, right? So they do a bit of work, they, you, you, they, they work and they earn, but you're giving them something extra, alright? Then the third level is where you kind of maybe employ them to work. But the fourth level, which is the highest level of giving within the Jewish culture, is empowering them. It's empowering them. Okay, so you empower them to create wealth. You see, but unfortunately for us, it's the lowest level of giving that we call favor. Do you understand what I'm saying? How many of you follow my example? It's that lowest level of giving where you don't, and then they just give you money. That's the one we call favor. Favor actually is the fourth level. Because what the fourth level does is that it makes you economically sufficient. Are you following me? So in that case, you would, you would likely say, um, the parable of the talent was the fourth level of giving. The man came and said, you know what? Hey guys, this is some, some amount of money. Five talents. Right? If you read it in the New Living Translation and other simpler translations, you realize your money. So give them money. And they went to do business and multiplied what was given to them. So they, they wouldn't need anything from that man again because they had the original capital and they had what? They had the profit. That's empowerment. So when you are giving to someone, your aim should be empowerment. That's what you should look at. So you've got this person around. And, but the funny thing is, most times when people are empowered, they don't take it seriously. Okay? So, it's empowerment. That's the highest level of giving. Where you now make that person economically. So, what can you do? Oh, I can do this. I can do that. Alright, fine. And that person is empowered. Not to return again to ask. That's important. Not to return again to ask. Sometimes that can be true knowledge and whatever you want to do. But I just wanted to put that out there. So, why is it that a lot of people don't also get their harvest? Lack of improvement in these four areas. Number one, skill. Number one, skill. A lot of people don't improve on their skill. And so what they were earning is still what they earn. First Kings chapter five verse six. First Kings chapter five and verse six. First Kings five six. King Solomon said, Now therefore command that they cut for me cedars from Lebanon. And my servants will be your servants. Look at this. And I will give you wages for your servants according to all that you say. All that you say. 
For you know that there is no one among us who knows how to cut timber like the Sidonians. Let's have a simpler translation. Let's look at the NLT or the Amplified. Skill. Solomon wanted to build and he asked the king to bring these men. Alright? Therefore, please command that the cedars from Lebanon be cut for me. Let my men work alongside yours. Look at this. And I will pay your men whatever wages you ask. As you know, there is no one among us who can cut timber like you. I will pay what you ask. How is it that Solomon will pay? Remember, this was the wealthiest king in the world at that time. How is it that he's going to pay what the people ask? Because no one could cut timber like them. Cut timber. This is not engineering. This is not medicine. This is not astronomy. This is not one rocket science. Just cutting of timber. That skill. And you know, sometimes we look down on our skill. Right? We look down on our skill. But are you more skillful than you were last year? If you want God to bless you more, improve your skill. How did David go to, um, how did David get to the palace? A man who is skillful in playing the harp. Improve your skill. You are in administration, become more skillful. Don't retain the same level of skill you had 10 years ago and expect to what? To earn more. So, some people have never improved. There are new technology in your area of field. You don't bother to learn. There are new tools. There are new machines. You don't bother to learn. There are new styles in whatever you're doing. You don't bother to learn. The same way that you have been sewing in 1956. By the time you are done, it's either the person looks like a masquerade or it looks like someone who is about to be initiated into uh, uh, a cult. And you say, oh, that's, that's how I... No. You can't improve. You've got to improve. Hmm? You've got to improve. It's like when you go to some of our... I don't know whether it still happens now because it's been a long time I went there. But when you go to some of our local government offices, right? And you see fine people typing with typewriter. Ta-ta, 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 you know? And all of that. I don't know whether they use it in court. Some of the documents I see is interesting. Right? Do you know that if they want to employ new people, some of those typists will not make it? Remember when we were in school and how many of you did shorthand? Ah. If I look back now and imagine that we are not using shorthand again, I'm almost looking for my shorthand teacher to press his neck. The, 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 the suffering of both the flesh and the mind we went through to learn shorthand. Where is it today? I don't even know what was that. God will forgive that man wherever he is. The man stressed our life. We thought that knowing shorthand, we were made for <laughs> Right? But that's gone. There were people who were very skillful in shorthand in those days. But they will not be relevant today. Do you have an outdated skill? Have to improve. How do you want God to bring new resources your way with old skills? You see, you have to, and our world is so interesting that things are coming up faster and faster and faster. So you don't even have the energy to look around before there's new development. God will improve. 
Alright? So some people don't receive their harvest because they don't improve in their skill. Number two, we are saying lack of improvement in these four areas. So the first area is your skill. The way the world is now, let me give you this and please pay attention. The way the world is now, whatever you can do, there are a lot of people that can do it. A lot of people. And you know the interesting thing? There are a lot of people who can do it all over the world and accessing them has become very easy. So you can actually be a graphics designer here, for instance, and they need to do something in the U.S., and somebody is the one doing it. So, by technology and by, by scientific advancement, uh, geographical boundaries have been compressed in, the, in, 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 in some way. So, you can actually end globally if you improve on your skills. Are, are you following this? Come on, are you following this? So you have to. You have to improve on your skills. <laughs> so if you are just thinking of Bonnie alone, you are already caught yourself from half of the world. Or you, you say you are a graphic designer, you now design something for your friend's birthday and we didn't see the birthday on time. We are almost thinking that the person is dead. Because you went to hang your friend in the clouds like somebody who has been called to heaven. So when we saw, we wanted to type R-O-I-P. We said, oh, it's our 13th birthday. No, don't practice with those things. Aim for skill. Be good at what you do. See, set a standard for yourself that what I do, I will be good at it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Be good at what you do. You are a hairdresser, be good at it. You are a a, a fashion person, be good at it. You are a makeup artist, be good at what you do. In the office, be good. Don't be laid back and expect harvest. Be good at what you do. Most times as Christians, this is an area we don't emphasize because we believe that the favor of God will cover our shouldiness, our mediocrity. Like Taylor, you measure someone, you bring the shirt. It's, it's like you brought something to suffocate. It's not passing through the neck. Is the person who you are sewing for that is now telling you what to do. What a shame. You are the tailor. Or you are the carpenter. You measure a window. <laughs> you now go back, produce the window and brought it. It can't, it can't enter anymore. Be good at what you do. Do you realize God is very excellent? When he was telling Noah to build the, uh, uh, Moses to build the tabernacle, he gave him dimensions. He gave him wood to use. Use this wood here. This height. God is specific. 
improve your excellence. Don't be comfortable with mediocrity. You know, sometimes people are comfortable with mediocrity because they don't receive corrections. They correct you here, you get angry. They correct you here, you get angry. So don't worry. Even if people don't like what I sow, God will bring people who like it. The people who like it don't have money. People who have money pay attention to details. Why did God say, see as thy man diligent in his job? He shall stand before kings and not mere men. Because if you're going to be rewarded on this earth, it's kings who have the money to pay you whatever you ask. That's why Solomon says, let them name whatever they want. We will pay. It's kings that can tell you that. Are you following what I'm saying? The people who have the resources to reward you to the level of amount of money you want need skill, not excuses. Go and work on your skill. You can't remain unskillful and expect harvest to come. You are an administrator in the office. Have you improved your skill? Have you improved your punctuation? Have you improved how you address people? Have you improved your public speaking? Have you improved your telephone conversation? You are in the human resource department. Have you improved your leadership skills? Have you, imp- you Just improve on your skill. Just a little improvement on your skill will open the door to more harvest. Are you still here? Say amen if you are here. Number two relationships. People don't receive their harvest because they don't maximize relationships. Harvest is going to come through people. have to learn how to manage relationships. Hmm? Very important. You have to learn how to manage relationships. Sometimes you will have to work for people you don't really like. And that's the truth. Are you still here? Are you learning something? You know, or you were thinking when I say, how do people don't receive their harvest? Say, altar from your father's house. Hmm? No. You know something about David? The scripture says, um, let's go to 1 Samuel. Am I right? Go to 1 Samuel chapter 18 and uh, verse 5. Let's see verse 5 first. Samuel. You know, this year God promised us wealth and increase, and we have to position ourselves for it. Pro- I'm sorry, First Samuel chapter 18 and verse 5. Um, it says, So David went out, and whatever and wherever saw sent him, and prospered. And so set him over the men of war. And it was pleasing in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. Okay? This was when uh, Saul now, David began to prosper. And then women started singing. Verse 7. The women sang as they played and said, Saul has slain thousands. <laughs> and David had done what? Has slain what? 10,000. Then Saul became very angry for this displeased him. Why will the man not be angry? Eh? A boy you just employed. That's why all these, some of all these songs that you, right? When people are praising you, be careful. Hmm? You don't need all those praises. So the man became angry. So he was listening to the women sing. 
Then Saul became very angry, for this displeased him. Say they have ascribed to David ten thousands, but to me they have ascribed thousands. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? He says Saul looked at David with suspicion from that day on. What made Saul to begin to look at David was the music the women composed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I want to teach you something here. People's perception towards you have the ability to influence those who have the ability to reward you. This thing about going through life and say, I don't care what people say. Watch it. You're not living to please people, but don't create... Don't create an image that has the ability to influence the rewards that come to you. But our point today is when David observed this, what happened? Then he began to behave himself wisely. Began to behave himself wisely. If you read the whole story, it says, And David behaved himself wisely. And David behaved himself wisely. Now, what now happened was David became friends with Jonathan. When David became friends with Jonathan, it was Jonathan's relationship that finally helped David to escape. Learn to. So David could have just hated Jonathan and said, you know what? It's your father that wants to kill me. No. But Jonathan and David had a unique relationship. So if you read the whole of 1 Samuel chapter 18 and verse 14 downwards, you would, you know, see all of those stories. Learn to behave yourself wisely. You might work for people you don't like. You might know that this, my boss, hates me. Is wisdom you need. You might know that, oh, people in this place, you know, people that are not from here are not favored. That's not an issue. Wisdom. Because maybe the kind of amount of money you need, it's only that kind of company that can pay you to behave yourself with wisdom. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of you deal with all kinds of clients. Some clients are very rude. Have to learn to behave yourself with wisdom. Hmm? Especially when you're dealing with when you have public, when you're dealing with the public. If you're a tailor, you are carpenter. You deal with all kinds of people. There are those that when they see you, the fact that you are a carpenter, they just think you are a thief first. So you just realize that anywhere you are cutting wood, one small child is just looking at you. You turn like this, the child will turn. He's not saying anything, you know. You just, you will feel like, ah, what, what do they even have? Don't worry, don't bother. That's not when to remember that your father died when you were four. You will cut that thing wrongly. That will be the beginning of your problem. Focus on your job. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you still hearing what I'm saying? Yeah, focus on your job. You know, one of the reasons that I... I just think it's one of my books now because we, we changed publishers. One of the reasons I really don't put my pictures in my books, yeah, and I learned it from Bishop Dark, was the fact that when a lot of people hear our teachings, I hear stuff, and they invite me, 
those who haven't gone online or watching me. You know, sometimes they expect a very old man. Yeah, I've gone to churches where the pastor has introduced me. Say, his messages have blessed me. I mean, you know, he's a young man, but he has an old soul. <laughs> they think it's almost a compliment, but I've heard it many times. Some say, your spirit is old. I mean, all kinds of things. <laughs> Just do your job. So I'm very excited with my gray hairs that are coming up now. Finally, my message is matching with my look. Yeah, I've come to where they introduce you. Know, I, in fact, one pastor said, I went to an older man, I went to preach. Say, I thought he was my age. Say, but, ah, but his spirit is old. And I'm like, <laughs> are you guys like this? What I'm trying to say is that sometimes people might not appreciate your person. Don't let that destroy your job. Focus on your job. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Focus on your job. Focus on your assignments. Learn how to manage relationships. It's not every relationship in this life that will hold you in high esteem. We even pass for people that don't respect us, but we still manage them. I mean, it's not everybody you pastor that holds you in high No, it's not everybody. You'll just be deceiving yourself like that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? <laughs> I remember one time someone reached out to us a couple of years back and said, ah, Pastor, I'm not feeling well. I said, oh, so what's the issue? He said, ah, that um, we should come and give him some money. That one pastor said he should bring money for him to do work. Can you, can you look at that? That he is not, that me, I can't do work. That's what he's trying to say, that I can't do work. I should now, from the money I have collected, give him to go and give to another. You know how insulting that can be? Of course, you know, but we still, still, still manage to... What I'm saying is, forget about the fact that if the favor of God is on your life, everybody would like you. You don't need everybody to like you to excel in life. You need to get your job done. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You're not selling ice cream. Even those who sell ice cream, parents don't like them too much because the children always want to buy from them. So just... Get your job done. Behave yourself wisely. Hmm? You would have to interact with people whose personality differ from your personality. Have to make that adjustment. You might have a boss who is very fast. You might have a boss who is very slow. You might have a team member who is slow. You just have to learn. It's a big world. We're not all the same. David behaved himself wisely. Up to the point that when David had the opportunity to kill Saul, he said, no, he didn't. This was a man who threw a spear at him. So we must learn to manage relationships. Manage, we'll talk about that, I think, somewhere. Manage people that have given you opportunities. Okay, we'll talk about relationships, second level of relationship. Let's talk about just managing work relationship, okay? Manage relationship with your clients properly. You tell someone, sorry, if I use tailors a lot, it's what is coming to my mind. Nothing against you guys, okay? You know, maybe let me use carpenters, right? You told somebody you're going to deliver the chair on the 4th. This is 14th, 10 days later. They call you, you off your... You know, that whole thing of just offing your line, disappearing, is not wisdom. Manage your clients properly. Learn to have a good relationship with your clients. Okay? Learn it. 
It's why some believers don't receive harvest. Because we have bad relationships. We have bad relational skills. We talk to people rudely. We pray when the shop should be open. You know, the, the, the worst time to meet some Christians is when they are praying before their shop opens. Don't meet them there. They are like venomous snake. They will stop the prayer and come after you. That you want to spoil their market for the day and they will, they will give it to you. They will excuse God. Let me deal with this one. I will come back to God. Remember, tell God, remember where we stopped from coming. And they will deal with you. It's a religious spirit. You should have been praying in the morning when your shop should be open. When customers are knocking, you should have gotten up earlier to pray. Open. You are there to sell. You know, it's interesting sometimes you're going to drop kids at school and you're seeing shops holding cell fellowship in the morning, early in the... Open and sell. What are you doing morning devotion for that's lasting one hour, one hour, thirty minutes? Before you finish singing in the morning, early in the morning, everybody has gone to work. Then in the evening, when they are coming back, you are singing in the evening for closing prayer. I mean, very wrong timing. Get a walk. Pray at home. Don't go to all night and sleep. You know, some people just go to all night and then they come to the shop, open the shop. And they are sleeping. They are looking at you like that. They are asking, how much is this? They are sleeping. They are sleeping. They are sleeping. They are, they are gone. Stop going to all night. Sleep and open your shop. Manage relationships well. Praise God. Next one is hard work. Hmm? Some believers huh? They are lazy to work hard. Hmm? Two, two ways. I'm talking to Christians, I'm talking to my church members. Right? Hard work and smart work. Learn to work hard and learn to work what? Smart. Don't be lazy. God is not going to reward laziness. When Joseph got into the Potiphar's house, he walked his way to the top got into prison, walked his way to the top. Joseph was a hard worker. Wasn't lazy. Hmm? Some of us are on social media, all through. We know everything trending and your job is suffering. Just lazy. Those who are excelling in your career don't have two brains. Maximize yours. How do we get harvest? Why don't you receive harvest? So just, just lazy. Hmm? Sometimes we are too ashamed to start small. Don't be ashamed of starting small. It's legitimate. You know, one of the challenges we have in our society is that we, we insult, I don't know how to put it, but we insult people who, let me know the word insult. I don't know whether it's insult, but we look down on people who are starting small doing stuff. Hmm? I was telling uh, May, I think when I was in Rome, right, I saw a black guy, most likely being Nigerian. Saw a black guy that was selling hats. She was selling hats and no, hats and um, 
bags, you know, purses, women purses, just hang, you know, around the train station. And then it was raining a bit. I saw a guy who was selling umbrellas, small umbrellas, just very small umbrellas, hanging, or selling around the train station. In my mind, I was just thinking, this one back home, his people will say, my, my brother is in Rome. Why is in Rome? Because when they will send you pictures, they will likely not send you pictures of them selling umbrellas or hats at the train station. You know, wait when the snow comes. Stand up toward the snow. Peace. <laughs> so you think that's their life. That's why some of them off their number on you because they work hard. But what I'm just trying to say is that in that culture, really nobody was looking down on him. But if that same man comes here now, right? And he starts selling hats, women's paws, or umbrellas, you're going to call him at your age. That's the problem. So we make it difficult, and some of you make it difficult for your husbands to lower themselves. And Listen, let me tell you, the truth of the matter is that we all don't have the same opportunities in life. Some people are not educated. They're not, they're not going to just by the favor of God end up as the MD of Shell. It's not going to happen. Allow yourself, be humble to start. If you can sell something in front of your house, start. It's been five years you are waiting for that miracle, whatever. Hmm? Funny enough, um, we, when we went to Ghana, right? When we went to Ghana, and went somewhere to eat. We met a guy who was a Nigerian. And he was the one serving us food and everything. He was a student, you know, working, working in the restaurant to be able to pay his fees and everything. That's what he was doing. If you're a student here, we say, okay, go to school part-time and go and work in a restaurant. Say, oh, they have money, but they don't want to support us. That's the issue. When we cross the borders of this country, we don't mind doing anything. There are people who left here as bankers who are plumbers there, who are electricians there, who are, they will do everything just to get ahead. And I'm not saying it's wrong, what I'm just saying is we've developed a culture in our own nation that those people are not free to take those jobs because we will laugh at them. I mean, some of you girls even know that if the man is a plumber, you will not marry the man. Say, what do you do? Say, I'm a plumber. Say, plumber in which company? Say, I do my own plumbing. Say, well, I want to thank you for... <laughs> That's the one that I'll be well trained. We say, I want to thank you for everything. I bless God. You know, in this life, God will lead you to many people. But not everybody that God leads you to is your type. I am not your type. That's the one that is well trained. The one that is not well trained will first of all block your number. Then it will start addressing you through her status. It's not everything that comes to you that is a human. It's you that is calling thing. Not so it's not everything that say you want to marry. Some people don't know themselves. And parables, like sixty parables, on just because you said you're a plumber. <laughs> we laugh about these things, but we Christians should act differently. Are you following this? 
What was Jesus' profession before he became the savior of the world? A carpenter. I know he's sweet. <laughs> when is Jesus now? If I say, go and be a carpenter, I say, no, 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 no. But, I mean, just imagine. He could have come as an engineer, as a doctor. He came as a carpenter. And I'm sure Jesus did chairs for people. Because Bible history has it that Joseph died quite early. He had to look after his mother. And you remember when Jesus was on the cross, he had to hand over his mother to John. He says, John, this is your son, and John, this is your mother. Had to do that. It's part of the Hebrew culture. Jesus did not just die and leave his mother like, like that. Had to do that. And I'm sure if Jesus had done some chairs wrongly while he was preaching, somebody would have raised his hands. Say, Rabbi, that dining table, you <laughs> manage your relationships well. Okay? Next one. Resource management. Remember we talked about four areas. Resource management. Learn to manage resources. Learn to manage resources. Hmm? Child of God, learn to manage your money. What did I say? Help me tell your neighbor just in case I'm too far from them. Tell them, Pastor said, you must learn to manage your money. Your money must not manage you. Hmm? You know, for some of us, when we receive salaries, the show glasses become brighter. Hmm? You just have something calling you. Come and buy. Come and buy. Come and buy. Come and buy. Horses you don't need. Shoes you might not want. Everything. Learn. Learn to have self-control where money is concerned. Manage resources. Have a budget. I would buy this. I would have a budget. If there's something that is a big concern to me in my day and in this generation is the ease with which we are taking loans. See, young child, secondary school is owing everybody. Hmm? I'm owing something. What are you owing for? Quick to take loan. Quick, quick, quick. Learn to manage. You see, you must, I don't know how to put it. You must learn to tell yourself, this is my level. This is where I am. This is what we can do. This is what we cannot afford. What can you afford? What can, some things for you now are luxuries. Just give them a bit of time. Because God will not bring money into your life if you cannot manage money. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, I think that way all the time. You work with me in the office. When I'm leaving the office, no matter how I'll put off the AC, I'll put off the light. I'm conscious of that. Conscious of that. You know, for some of us, it's a sign of prosperity to just leave the light on, leave the AC on. You know, manage, be a steward, be conscious. Even if it is not your sweat, have respect for the sweat of the person who gave it to you. Respect their sweat. Somebody just transferred 10,000 to you. You don't know what. <laughs> you know, you know, sometimes, you know. <laughs> ah. You know, sometimes, eh? It's a way we say, oh, Pastor, I travel to go and preach. You know, some, some, some people just think it's enjoyment. Hmm? 
Sometimes because I'm looking for cheap tickets, I'm flying two days to go and preach for three days and fly another two days back. So when you think that the trip is long for some trip, it's not that I am doing... <laughs> it's not that I'm doing a long meeting. Sometimes it will take you to another country first that you are not... You don't, that is not in your, your destiny. They will keep, keep you in the plane. Eh? <laughs> you wait there for another two hours. Then you now fly another six hours. Then you now fly another six hours. Then you spend like maybe all of those hours in the air broken. Then you now come. Then you now bless somebody with 10,000 out of those hours of Some of you go to work in the morning, evening. So, you, you must have a bit of respect for the labor people put into their finances. And you have respect for the labor you are putting, except you are not putting labor. Have you realized that when people drive other people's car, the way they drive it is, is different? Eh? If you have a car, if you have a car, and you are in another person's car. You have a car. If you are in another person's car. And the car gets into a bump. You are almost tempted to say sorry. How many of you have Do you understand? You, you feel it. But the person who does not have a car would think is, 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 is bouncing castle. And we even go with it. And say yes. This car is solid. His mind is different. He's not thinking repairs. He's not thinking repairs. He thinks getting into a pothole is enjoyment. He's bouncing castle. He's enjoying the journey. He's not thinking, you know how much will come out of your life by the time that car returns. Manage resources with a sense of the stewardship you're putting into getting it. And when someone blesses you, let it be stewardship. See, everything in this life will be given to stewards. Right? How many of you know why Pharaoh how many of you know why Pharaoh gave Joseph the keys to Egypt? Stewardship. Joseph told him what he would do. He didn't say, well, praise the Lord, since the Lord has shown me this great revelation, the first thing we'll do is we will eat the seven fat years because nobody knows tomorrow. No, he didn't do that. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. He says, you know what? Seven lean years are coming. Seven fat years are coming. So we're going to take the resources of the seven fat years and spread them to the seven lean years. You know, that parable, God used it to teach me a big lesson early days when I started ministry. Go to some places to preach and they just bless you off your socks. Just bless you financially. You go to some other places to preach, it's like you've entered lean years. You must learn to take the resource. Hmm? The fat years. Some of you have it in your company. Your bonus. Those are your fat years. Hmm? End of year bonus. Fat years. Maybe some of you travel out of your station. You earn extra money. Your fat years. Spread it over the lean period. Not when you just get your bonus. Bam! You have bought something. Every bonus is a shoe. Every bonus is a shoe. We see six shoes. Six years you have experienced bonus. And you are going nowhere because you are wearing coverall half of your life. Huh? So shoes are just there. 
nowhere. That's why some of you just look for where to go on weekends because you have things that have to be used and there's nothing. So you must learn to steward your resource. You must learn resource management. God is a master rewarder of those who manage their resource well. He told the, those with the parable of, uh, the, in the parable of a talent, he says, because you have done this, take authority over cities. Learn to be a wise steward. Everybody say, I'm a wise steward of God's resources. Alright. The next point, we have one more after this. The next point is um, not being led by the Spirit. Genesis 26 verse 2, there was famine in the land and God told Isaac, do not go down to Egypt. Don't go down to Egypt. Be led by the Spirit. The Lord told Brother Hagen, he says, uh, I'm, a, I'm not opposed to my people being rich. I'm opposed to them being covetous. And if they are led by the Spirit, they'll end up rich. Be led by the Spirit. See, many years ago, you know, a lot of you know Brother Hagen is, is like one of the fathers of the faith movement. Many years ago, the Lord spoke to him in prayer and says, an economic famine is coming upon America. He's just employed some people in the church then, in the ministry then, just employed some people, and the Lord says, lay them off. Cut down on this crusade, cut down on this crusade, do this, do this, change this pattern. That's how you will survive the economic resource, the economic famine. The Lord did not say, I'll give you more money. He says, cut down on certain things. Be led by the Spirit. Sometimes the Holy Ghost will lead you to hold back. Just don't, don't spend. Just, just hold back. Just save a little. The Holy Ghost will lead you. It's not every time the Holy Ghost leads you to spend, to spread. Listen to the Spirit. Listen to the Spirit. A few times that maybe we've lost money in investment or something, when we look back and sit down, we realize that, ah, God was, God was, was restraining us. Yeah, of course, we, we don't invest in all those funny, funny schemes. Just something little. But, of course, you know, with finances, you would always make mistakes. Hmm? I remember one particular one. You know, usually with, with Pastor Mesh, he's a bit sensitive with those things. For me, sometimes, I'm just like, I'm naturally a risk taker. So, sometimes I'm usually not so sensitive in those things. Except it's... Uh, it's a dream. And you know, before you sleep, you would have made some mistakes. <laughs> I'm going to teach you on dreams next, next, uh, next month. So we're finally going to do that series, you know. So, for this particular one, we wanted to do this investment. I mean, she tried her bank cards. No one worked. She tried her transfer. No one was working. I was like, don't worry, I'll do it for you. So, took f- my own was just going. <laughs> But, you know, when we sat back and looked back, we just knew that. Her, and typically for her, once she just said, no, I'm not doing it, you know, but you know me. I said, don't worry. Trust the man of God. And the man of God have lost money. So, you see, be sensitive to the spirit. Something might look good, but your spirit just feels unease about it. Don't go. Your friends might convince you. The statistics might look fantastic. I remember one time, someone I mentioned wanted to invest in something. He just showed it to me. I'm, I'm, I said, no, I don't think this will work. I, there was nothing. No indication, nothing. There was nothing. I didn't study. I didn't do anything. Now, I'm not saying 
from tomorrow. Just say, Pastor, check this one for me. Really work out. It doesn't work like that all the time. <laughs> all right? Because I've made my own mistakes. But that just in my I just said no. Six months later, the whole thing. So listen to your spirit. Right? Just learn to say, let me pray about this. Listen to your spirit. Let me do another thing. Luke 5, verse 4. Jesus told Peter, say, cast your net down. Cast your net down. And in that same place that they had struggled, when he has finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. This was the same place. Go to verse 5 for me, please. This was the same place Peter had struggled. Verse 5. Simon answered, I said, Master, we walked hard all night and caught nothing, but I will do as you say and let down my net. The Spirit broke the lock. So sometimes our hard work do not pay. Sometimes we work hard and nothing is coming. You've got to trust the Spirit of God. One day, uh, a millionaire in Yongucho's church had just suffered major crisis, broken down. And he was reading the Bible, just studying the Word. And came to the place where the Scripture says, you are the salt of the earth. It just dawned on his heart. I can go into salt business. And he went into salt business. Bam! His fortunes were restored. How did Jacob break into wealth in Laban's house? God gave him an idea. Trust the Spirit. I know a guy in our church in Worry. When we were in school, when we all grew up together, when we wanted to go to school, the guy just said, man, school is not my thing. I, I, he, I think he's one of the first persons I've seen that was very honest about education. <laughs> when SS to then everybody was just investing investing the guy just said school it's not his thing ah. so what is it <laughs> I know you know we used to go to church just spend nights praying myself his brother all of us just, just praying and night just praying and one night when we were praying he just came and said I think God wants me to be a tailor ah, ah. you know we were God was showing us nations we would travel we didn't gather this all night for tailoring. You know, we were seeing nations and you know, that was where we were prophesying. So we said, okay, no problem. Then, I cannot forget. I cannot forget. because It was so supernatural. Then, this sewing machine, uh, what's it called? This singer sewing machine that has butterfly, black and everything, it was, it was 13,000 at that time. It was 13,000. So, he said that's what he was doing. So we met his father. We talked. The man didn't have anything. The man said he had 3,000. That's only what he can get. And of course, we didn't have anything. So I told him, I said, we're going to pray this 10,000 in. So we went to church. We prayed every, we prayed every night. We prayed for that 10,000. We prayed every night. Because my own father did not have to give. The two of them were brothers. Their father did not have. And in our extended family, his father was the richest. My own family, my father was the richest. So you understand? There's no, there's no phone to send text. There's nobody. If this one does not have, you can confidently go to the bank and know that from here to the back, nobody has. You understand what I'm saying? We prayed. I don't know what happened. Maybe his father used to do driving there. His father just got this. It was just miraculous. He had to go and drop somebody. Drop some, Just something came up. Not exact, not so exact with the story. Something came up and then the father had the money. Father now called and said, I know this one. It was the prayer you people were praying. So he gave us the money. The guy bought the machine. This guy would literally sleep at night and see designs. 
you literally sleep, wake up, he will draw a design. That's how he's been in fashion for years. God can lead some of you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. Some of you just woke up with certain talents. Trust God for it. Hmm? Some of you just find some things easy. Hmm? Some of you can just repair anything. Let the thing not be spoiled. You can repair it. Your hand is even screwdriver. Once they say, do you have a screwdriver there? Say no. Say don't worry. <laughs> you, you turn your hand. <laughs> you know, it's just amazing. Right? See, let me tell you. Those things that God has given to you naturally, harness them. The key to increase. Holy Spirit can lead you. Are you following what I'm saying? One of the greatest struggles I've seen people struggle with why they are poor, they are doing things they were not fit for, not crafted for. Went to study what someone else wanted them to study. They did not live in the direction of their passion, their purpose, their call. Don't neglect those things. I'm not promising you that you'll be rich by next year. But if you would pay attention to some of the things that the Holy Spirit is putting in your heart and you keep pursuing them, you'll be amazed at what God will do. So most people are not receiving harvest because they are not being led by what? By the Spirit. Okay, the last one. This one is interesting. (laughs) Not recognizing how harvest comes. Not recognizing how harvest comes. Proverbs 10.5. Do you know, I don't know how many of you know this guy. Um, uh, he attends Kozer. What's his name? Uh, I know his first name is Wale. I don't know what his other name is. But he owns this Sapphire Sense. How many of you have heard of him? Right? He specializes in mixing perfumes. That's what he specializes on. You can go do research on him. He's in Abuja. He works for presidents. He works for senators. He, he just... His own specialty is mixing scents. So, when he is producing a perfume for you, he cannot just have this sense to mix scents in a way that, you know, it just fits you or something. I mean, and I, I, I've heard him being interviewed several times, and I've heard he just say that thing is just a gift. Hmm? You know, some of you until the perfume will literally kill someone, you will not know that someone wore perfume. You don't perceive anything. Some people just have a sense of dressing. They can know which color would just... It's just natural. See, these things, don't throw them away. Don't, don't be careless with them. That's really why I want to teach about dreams. Because we bastardize these things. You see, sometimes God just gives you a natural ability that if you will build around, it can be your way to wealth. Don't throw... Some people... <laughs> You, I mean, they just know this is how you should do. They just know certain things. It's just natural. They cannot explain how they got to, but they can. It's like my younger brother, right? My younger brother plays the keyboard. Never really went to a keyboard school. I don't know how. We just, we just discovered he was playing keyboard. Not that he went, he learned. Music was just in for him. <laughs> Me? Boy. You know, I'm six years older than him. So when my dad started the church, they trained me to play the keyboard. Paid money. Paid after some time, it was one that said, I don't think this thing is working. I said, it's not working. Then they said, I should go and learn the bass guitar until my thumb started bringing it. I said, this one is not working. They said, drums. There was no way they didn't toast me. 
But you know what? When I started going to school, I'll come back. I'll just come to church and I say, Dad, I think we should do this. I I think we should do this. I I just had governance idea. I just had administrative idea. I just have walked into a place. I think we should do this. I just I think we should do. I think we should do the service like this. When when my dad started traveling the nations, even though I was in university, I raised partnership for him that was paying off tickets. I just said, how much then? I remember the ticket was like maybe 110,000 to Kenya, 100,000. I said, how much do you need to scan? He said, 100,000. I said, okay, fine. I did a letter. I went up to 10 people in church. I said, you know what? We can actually pay pastor's tickets. We need this amount. And it's just one year. And you're like, oh, okay, it's okay. I sold the vision to them. I had 10 people who were giving for that ticket. Then I went to another 10 people. So I had like two, <laughs> two sets of tents. <laughs> And for the first couple of years, that was how we, I used to call it the senders. I remember I did a magazine. Then someone went, published my dad's book, messed up the book. The book just messed up. So I told him, I said, don't worry, I'm going to learn printing. Went, learned how to print. I started printing all his books. That was just fine. My brother, no idea. Just keyboard and media. Just liked to be with the camera. Is it sometimes we force ourselves where we don't have grace. And so our life is a struggle. Right? It is, we, are, it, we are going against the current of what God has originally given to us. And you know the funny thing? Today when I travel to teach churches and everything, what's the one thing churches want me to teach them? Administration. Just setting their churches in order. It's almost natural. I can walk into a church, the pastor is talking to me, I can say, yeah, you know what, you need to do this, do this, do this, this, and this thing will work. So, I believe that one of the things that God really wanted me to speak to you tonight about is looking word. Right? It's not too late to start. And like I always tell everybody, don't be in a hurry. And once you have found your place, don't let anything move you. Stay there. Right? So not be, I'm not saying tomorrow morning, you just hit it. But stay there. Alright. He who gathers in summer is a son who acts wisely. But, who, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who acts shamefully. Last reason people don't receive their harvest? Not recognizing when and how harvest comes. Harvest comes in three ways. Not every harvest will come in form of money. Right? Not every harvest will come in form of money. Number one, harvest will come in form of opportunities. Someone will give you opportunity. Someone will just look at you and say, you know what? Come and work for me. Or come volunteer for me. Or help me do this. That's harvest. That seed you sowed in church, that's the harvest that just showed up. Praise God. That's the harvest that just showed up. Many years ago, let me see, I'll finish this in five minutes. Many years ago, I went to preach in a place called APCA, Alchi Polytechnics. Christian Student Association. They are national body. How did I get an invitation? Uh, my late mentor, Reverend Tony Ati, had an administrator called Pastor Alex. One time, Pastor Alex heard me talk about church workers. He said, I used to get our church workers and just teach them. So he said, I should come and teach their church workers. Their church was just starting. They were about 10 then. So I was teaching, and the youth pastor of Souls Harvesters Ministry was being mentored by Pastor Alex. So he was sitting in the crowd. And he heard me teach about, you know, uh, church workers and everything. So he met me. He's like, ah, I really like the way you teach. I want you to come and teach in our youth conference. So I was like, wow, big church. I was really blessed by it. 
So I went and taught. While I was teaching in the youth conference, the national chairman of the ROC Student Association was a member of a pastor in the church, had me teach and said, well, I need you to come and teach in our national convention. That's how I started teaching the national convention for like three, three times before I stopped going. Now, how did that come? It came because I took an opportunity that was given to me to teach ten people. Most times we want the big platforms and we neglect the little opportunities. Your harvest is in that small opportunity. Your boss gives you something. Oh, help me put this report together. Ay, what is it? Every time, help me put reports. Help me put reports. I have closed. I have closer. I have closer. I have closer. I will look at it tomorrow. <laughs> you are just angry. And God is saying, hey boy, that's it. That's the door. Hmm? You know, for some of us, work is oppressive. The funny thing is, it's not like when you go home, you are going to do anything. Is it, let me tell you, it's your life you are already living. You, be, you better start enjoying your work. <laughs> Opportunities. How did David meet Goliath? Eh? Simple something. His father said, go and give food to your brothers. That's how. Just go, go, go and give your brothers food. He could have said, eh, eh, Papa, what do you want? Should I look at sheep or I should serve food? Choose one. How was Joseph sold? His, his father said, go and look after your brothers. Go and give them food in daughter. That message he responded to was why he was sold. And that selling was essential for him to go to Egypt. Hmm? Opportunities. Your harvest is hidden in opportunities. Let me tell you something. Let, let, this should go into number two. I'll, I'll mix it up. That's why the second way God brings harvest, it says the, the son who sleeps in harvest, an opportunity comes, you're sleeping. Your boss gives you something to do. That's an opportunity to do the best you can. The next one is relationships. The truth of the matter is, let me say, and don't ever forget this, the greatest thing God can do for you in this life is to bring certain relationships your way. Just give you access to certain people. If I look back at my life, if I take out my parents, take out my father and my mother, and if I look at the, the movement of my life in ministry, it's been relationships. Someone will just look at you and say, you know what, I believe in you. But we don't take that as harvest. Because for some of us, if it's not money related, it's not harvest. Relationships. God will bring certain people your way. God will just bring somebody who wants to help you, who just wants to believe in, who believes in you, who encourages you, who just chooses to mentor you and show you the road. That's harvest. In fact, that's more harvest than money. Because you know what will happen? That person will use his name for you. He will use his integrity for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, if I pick the phone and call someone, for instance, maybe I pick the phone and call someone to do a favor for you, what that person is responding to is years of integrity, years of relationship. Are you following what I'm saying? And you can just walk into it once. You can just walk into it once. That's harvest. We don't recognize harvest as relationships. So when God brings certain relationships our way, we just... We just, we just neglect them. We just throw them. We just, you know what? I can do without you. I, no problem. Go ahead. 
Go ahead. It's beautiful. The, sec- the last one here is greater responsibilities. So, this is different from opportunity. <laughs> opportunity is that small one that comes and you have to. Hmm? Hmm? This one is your harvest comes in greater response. So, it's heavier work. It's harvest. How many of you know the harvest of the parable of the talent? How it came? God says, I will give you rulership over ten cities. How many of you think ten cities is small work? Hello? How many of you think governing ten cities is small work? It's not small work. So sometimes you're giving. The harvest is, they give you more responsibility. It's because God is trusting you. More responsibility. Yeah. More. The reward for hard work is more work. And it's, it's in that work you'll be blessed. It's in that work you'll meet people. It's in that work other doors will open to you. Learn to treat opportunities right. You know, how many of you, I think everyone in this church should have, how many of you have heard of Dr. Miles Monroe? Right? I'm here. Dr. Miles? You've heard of Dr. Miles? Do you know how Dr. Miles became popular? It's very simple. Archbishop was to go and preach in a conference. Dr. Miles had been teaching purpose in Bahamas for years. Nobody. Nobody heard him teach purpose. Archbishop was to preach in a conference and he couldn't make it. And Archbishop had heard him preach one. So Archbishop asked him to preach. I think it was in Azusa. Bishop Calton Persons conference. Big conference. And Archbishop asked him to go preach. And uh, he went and taught that message. Bam. That's where the door opened. Opportunity. The same thing with T.D. Jakes. Hmm? For close to 10 years, T.D. Jakes had like 50 members. And he would say that 50 members includes pregnant women. That they count one, two. I'm telling you. Hmm? He, was, he was pastoring a church, I think Emmanuel Temple, before he had to move to Dallas. Was doing woman, woman that lose conference was just a regular conference. How T.D. Jakes became popular, I'll tell you. You know, he talks a lot about some of the things that went through his life. He, he talks a lot about emotions. So he preached in a particular conference. I think it was also for Kelton person. That Azusa also. So the founder of TBN, Paul Crouch, wanted to write a book. I had no father but God. And he was contemplating, should he write about certain things that took place in his life in that book? So he was walking through his... And then they had to cut this 10 minutes, you know, clip to advertise that particular conference that Bishop Jakes preached. And Bishop Jakes at that point was talking about how Jesus showed his wounds. That clip, that was what was selected. And as Paul Coach was walking through, he heard that advert being played. And he said, who is this? And that's how he traced Bishop, began to give him platform on TBN, and the rest is history. Why did I bring these two stories? You might not need to change what you're you're doing. You might just need the right opportunity that opens up that massive door of harvest. What that means is you don't play with your preparation today. If you prepare when that opportunity comes, you are already late. You must be prepared so that when that opportunity opens up, You are ready to walk into harvest. Do you understand what I'm saying? So every day of your life, you live ready. You work hard. 
you discipline yourself. Because you see, that window called greater responsibilities would open like this. And you have to be ready for that. Are you blessed? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for taking us through this. And I'm asking in the name of Jesus that you would give us the grace. Give us the heart to respond properly to opportunities, to respond to relationships. And Father, I just thank you because anywhere a harvest is being held, in any area we need to make adjustments, you'd help us with that. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, let's quickly give our offerings. And um, is there anyone who... Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.